This is James Allen on F1. Okay, so Martin, first question, I suppose, is is your juggling act that you have to do. Can you just describe what it's like as a team principal? Well, I think, I think uh, team principals actually have uh, generally a, an easier job than uh, than the mechanics and uh, technicians and engineers. Uh, clearly, you know, we talk about back-to-back races and people think of a week apart, but actually for a large proportion of the team, uh, then at the end of uh, the first of a back-to-back race, They've got to start stripping down uh, the garage. Uh, then very shortly afterwards, they've got to uh, get all the freight prepared and then they've got to obviously uh, rebuild a car uh, and have it ready for scrutineering on the following Thursday. So it's a pretty hard slog for them. Mm-hmm. Um, by comparison, then the, the team principals, I don't think we should get too much sympathy for what we've got to do. But you've got a lot on your mind at the moment, haven't you? I mean, we're in October uh, obviously, the year hasn't been fantastic for the team. No, there's a lot, but that's uh, you know that's the job, isn't it? And uh, you know, there's a lot going on here here in uh, McLaren. Formula One is still very much the heartbeat of the company. It's in our DNA. Racing is what we're about, and we've uh, you know we're here to win. So when you have a season uh, when you haven't done that, then uh, that weighs quite heavy on you. Um, but we've got a, you know, a range of other businesses. So the nice thing, in a strange way, is some of those other businesses uh, which have been successful in their own right, doing quite well, they they give uh, some upside to a season that's a bit of a, a, a slog when you're not competitive. Where have you fallen short uh, as a team, do you think, this year in the F1 world? Plain and simply, the car's not been quick enough. And uh, you know, this time last year, we had a winning car. We had the most competitive car in Formula 1. Uh, at the end of last season uh, so that makes it all the more frustrating within the team and uh, it makes you also more prone to uh, criticism from the outside uh, we made some decisions which were bold uh, with hindsight of course you can look back and wish you hadn't made those decisions but uh, we put ourselves in a position where uh, the risks technical risks that were in the project were didn't come off um, by the time we started to recover uh, our composure, recover our program. We were probably six months behind uh, where we needed to be. And in Formula One, if you drop the ball for six months, then uh, you're behind, uh, plain and simple. So, whilst actually this year's car now and for, has been for some time qu- is quicker than last year's car, which was the dominant car, it's uh, maybe we've moved forward a second, but you would expect to move forward by. Uh, over the course of a year, two, two and a half seconds. Mm. So uh, we're, you know, we're a second behind where we should be. If we were a second f- further forward, then we'd have a very competitive car. Will you assess those risks differently? Because you, one has to take risks to compete with the Red Bulls. Well, I think to compete with anyone uh, in Formula One, you've got to take some risks. Um, and you know, we're in a sport where there's lots of. Uh, retrospective experts who can tell you which risks were right and which risks were wrong. Um, Looking forward, of course, you don't have uh, the opportunity as it happens next year 
to uh, not take risk because we've got a whole new set of uh, technical re regulation changes, the biggest we've had in over 30 years. So, uh, you know, in one sense, we're fortunate that we're forced to go out and take risks. We can't uh, withdraw and be conservative. Uh, on the other hand, it's made it tough this year because ordinarily if there was continuity, you'd be pushing harder on this year's car to find the performance on the basis that that carries forward. Mm. Uh, we took an unusual decision for McLaren in that we stopped uh, active developments of this year's car here at Woking, um, which meant that recovery was then became impossible, but we took that decision uh, because of the importance of being competitive next year, because of the significant rule changes. Um, so uh, you know, normally at this time of year, I think we've been perhaps poor at ceasing the development because, frankly, we're winning races and competing for a championship. Uh, and we've struggled to move that resource across to the following year's project. Uh, this year, then that task and that decision making has been a little bit easier for us. And, uh, you know, we took the decision that, you know, this season is not going to deliver us what we want. Uh, let's uh, make sure we do everything we can to uh, be competitive uh, next year with the new regulations. Okay, headline signings, you said, for 2014. Um, first of all, tell us about Peter Prodrumu. What is it you like about him? Peter uh, started his Formula 1 career here at McLaren. I was involved in his recruitment, I think, 20-plus years ago. And, in fact, most of his career was spent here. Um, and you know, Peter is uh, very bright, very hardworking, very knowledgeable, uh, very experienced, uh, delivers performance, and uh, you know, that he's someone who made a terrific contribution here in his time. Uh, I'm sure he's made a terrific contribution at, uh, at Red Bull, um, and therefore I'm very confident that he's going to make a great contribution here in the future. And is he one of one of many? Have you been working on this recruitment drive for a, for a while this year? Uh, we have, and um, you know, within aerodynamics, we've uh, recruited uh, some senior guys from Ferrari, another guy from Red Bull, and from uh, Lotus. So we've been working quite hard there. Uh, obviously, we've got Matt Morris, uh, the technical director of Sauber, also joined us in the course of the last uh, couple of months. So. Um, there's other uh, efforts in that area that uh, obviously I'm not going to talk about at the moment, but we're working quite hard to make sure that when we look at the challenges of the future, you know, we're um, next year will be the 20th year uh, of our partnership with Mercedes-Benz, who have been and are and remain great uh, partners, um, and we're determined uh, to go out and uh, win with them next year. Um, but, uh, and I think it's important that we stress how hard we're, we're working with them and looking forward to that challenge because clearly most of the questioning I get is about uh, our uh, partner beyond Mercedes-Benz, that is Honda. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to that. That's the future. There's a lot of work uh, that we've got to do there. Well, that's why we need a strong team to do that. But uh, uh, certainly at the moment, our real focus on making sure we're in a winning position in, in uh, 2014 with Mercedes-Benz. Are there any other sort of holes in the organisation that you're looking to fill, or is it purely that technical side? Um, well, I think the answer is that any organisation, uh, you've got to be self-critical. You've got to look at uh, the whole organisation, your processes, the strength of the individuals, how you, uh, how you work. I think we've got 
uh, actually uh, fantastically strong organizations and great people who work uh, very hard here. But uh, from time to time, it's uh, useful to get uh, fresh ideas, fresh input uh, and stimulus by uh, external recruiting. You don't want to do it uh, uh, all the time because I think that's uh, disruptive to the career development and career, career aspirations of people within your organization. But I think it's good to get some uh, fresh ideas, some fresh uh, views in, uh, in the organization. And that's what we've been doing. When um, Paddy Lowe decided to, to move on, was that a really big impact for the team? And indeed, when Lewis moved on as well, when a driver leaves, is that a big impact? Well, I think a driver um, is different from uh, the staff. In, in, in some senses, the, the driver, you know, their input is the skill that they bring to bear in making a car go quick on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, you know, they clearly can contribute to the short-term development with their feedback, but we've got a lot of data gathering on the car. So the driver's main attribute and main contribution is just pure speed and delivery of world championship points or wins. Uh, and Lewis is, is, is good for that, um, and therefore, you know, someone as, as good as that leaving is... Uh, you know, they take something with them in, in terms of that capability. But engineers, uh, we feel like there's some more enduring uh, input and contribution they make. Paddy uh, was uh, a strong, strong engineer, uh, good contributor, you know, was, you know, in truth, though, was the mastermind of, of uh, uh, the, the program we currently have. Um, but uh, it's you know it's a deep loss in some ways, but it uh, gives fresh opportunity for the likes of Tim Goss, uh, Doug McKinnon, people like uh, Matt Morris who's joined, and obviously Peter in the future. So it creates opportunity for those people to make a bigger contribution, and uh, I think that's a fairly natural evolution and a healthy one. So uh, you know we I think we we look forward with some uh, excitement and uh, confidence with what we can do in the future. Okay. Let's talk about um, the fans' favourite subject when it comes to F1, the drivers. How would you say that Sergio has adapted since coming on board? Well, I think Sergio is is very young. Um, It's a big challenge to come into uh, a large team like uh, McLaren and a front-running team. Uh, or what people expect to be a front-running team, and uh, so I think that's uh, he's. I think he's developed. I think uh, he'd like to have uh, uh, had more success this year. He'd like to clearly. We haven't given him a good enough car uh, to go out there and win. Uh, but even uh, when he, you know, inevitably, you've got to compare yourself with the most relevant uh, comparator, which is the, the, your teammate. Um, and Jensen is a you know is a is a really consistent and strong comparator, uh, but uh, Checo's a, a young charger who wants to be uh, champion of the future, and clearly his task is to go out there and, and beat Jensen. He hasn't achieved that this year, so he's disappointed uh, that he hasn't. Um, and I think he's uh, currently working pretty hard to see how he can do that. Are you disappointed? Um, I'm not disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in the season, and uh, I think uh, you know, inevitably, uh, you, you know, I take uh, and have taken uh, responsibility that uh, we, we've now got to. You know, disappointment is uh, something that's a normal human reaction and emotion, 
but it's not a particularly useful one. Uh, I think the exciting emotion is looking forward. I believe in this team. I believe in what we can do. You know, I've been personally around uh, when we've won over 100 Grand Prix. Uh, the team's 182, and uh, we're going to win a lot more in the future. But mistakes don't go unnoticed at McLaren, and you you had views about Sergio last year. Have those views changed? Well, I, I know more about him, uh, but uh, I think we're uh, you know, and, and some uh, I think Sergio uh, engineers myself I have views on uh, many many things as you would expect uh, and uh, you know as a matter of, of uh, style and policy I express those uh, privately within the team and within the business um, I don't by uh, nature style or, or approach uh, tend to express those publicly how's JB changed this year or has he changed at all no, I think JB, uh, well, he evolves. I mean, uh, to say we, we all, you know, it's, uh, I think Mark Twain said, it's amazing how much my father has learned in the last five years. Uh, I think uh, for all of us, we all evolve and change. And I think JB continues to uh, grow and develop. He's an incredible ambassador to the sport, incredible ambassador to our team and to our brand. He's a great individual to have in the in the team. You know, he's a, he's a decent bloke. Uh, he's well grounded despite his fame and fortune and uh, he's, he's a great guy to have around and uh, you know I think he's given Sergio a harder time than Sergio was expecting and I think that's what I want him to do I want uh, you know in this team it's been very clear and we've seen it on the track a few times uh, they push each other pretty hard and uh, you know that's been stimulating it's been a bit worrying on a few occasions but at least uh, it's been some of the brighter moments uh, for me s- uh, sat on a pit wall this year when I've had a little bit more adrenaline running than at other occasions has been when our guys are battling with one another so at least you feel alive when that's happening it's, it can easily go wrong uh, and it can be uh, you know it can easily hurt yourself uh, and hurt the team doing it but I think it's been uh, you know, I think one thing that is clear is that both of our guys want to beat uh, beat their teammate, which, uh, as I say, I think is a healthy and a natural instinct in any racing driver. And you've said, and, and every team would say, they want the strongest driver lineup that, that there is available. When you look at the other strong drivers like Vettel, and I know you've spoken about Alonso in the past couple of months, do you do you have, do you talk to them? Do you think maybe we can we can get people out of their contracts, we can bring them into this team? Well, again, it's natural. I, I suppose uh, I've said one or two things which uh, I think created quite a lot of uh, uh, media uh, uh, discussion. So I probably ought to be, uh, at the moment, a little bit more circumspect in what I say. But, yeah, it's our job to have the strongest driver lineup, and, uh, you know, that, that means uh, occasionally you've got to make some decisions in order to do that. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think we've got uh, we've got you know, develop what we've got. We've got some great young drivers as well in our lineup, and uh, but we've got to be open to uh, some of those drivers that uh, have got a tremendous amount of experience and uh, have proven they can win world championships. They've got to be of interest to any team, and uh, you know, I think the uh, the Fernando issue sort of arose because I gave a very honest response 
Um, I think if any team principal, if they're being honest, you know, and we were asked, would you like Sebastian Vettel, would you like Fernando Alonso in your team, then any team principal says no, I think uh, needs, you know, needs their head examined or perhaps aren't being entirely truthful in their response. Mm. But after 2007 with Fernando, was that purely a, a, a Fernando Lewis-Ron issue that year or do you think that could potentially happen again? Well, I think I think you can always have those sorts of issues. I think we're in an emotionally charged, uh, exciting uh, uh, f- sport where things can get out of control quite easily. Um, and uh, you know, I was there in 2007, and uh, it wasn't pretty on the inside at the time. Um, but I'm a pretty pragmatic uh, individual, and uh, I think you know we'll uh, you know it lose talent uh, from, from the team is something I, I never like doing and if you can get it back one day then you try to do so yeah. Okay looking ahead to next year what do you think is going to be key next season is it reliability the, the, the just the engines, experienced drivers I think everything, you've got to get everything right. And the real challenges are, one, uh, we have a, a very, very uh, challenging new uh, uh, powertrain next year. Uh, so um, for the, uh, the engine manufacturers, uh, developing that, and it's not just an internal combustion engine, you know, there is a completely new internal combustion engine, downsized, turbocharged, direct injection, V6, got a lot of challenge there. Then you add to that... Uh, the energy recovery systems, both from the exhaust and from kinetic energy, much more complex, much more uh, differentiating than our current KERS system. So getting all those right, and there's massive technical challenge there. So I think that's uh, you've got to get all that right. Uh, there is uh, very dramatic uh, rule changes on the chassis, and uh, so you've got a clean sheet of paper. Uh, you've got to hope that you your guys find all of the opportunities and avenues uh, that are possible to exploit within those new regulations to maximise the performance and inevitably some of the teams won't have and you know, it might be one team that's found an interpretation that, uh, uh, that uh, other teams either didn't find or didn't believe was permissible. Uh, so you could have one of those moments, so you've got to get, but you've got to get that right. Uh, then you've got to bring all that package together and do it reliably. Um, and there's a tremendous weight challenge next year, so fighting for weight uh, can often cost you money and cost you reliability. Uh, and then operationally, you've got to bring it all together. You've got to have the best drivers, best team to bring it all together. You know, Formula One is the pinnacle of motorsport, most technically advanced sport in the world. So it's not easy to bring every one of those. And if you get, you know, of just those particular challenges, if you get all bar one right, frustratingly, that's not good enough. And uh, so unless you dial them all in, uh, you're probably not going to have a consistent enough run to go out and win a championship. And I suppose, as we said earlier, you've got the challenge of Mercedes next year, but Honda the following. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a challenge. But I think uh, Mercedes-Benz are great partners. I think my suspicion is they'll do a very good job on the powertrain. Uh, so that's very positive. And, uh, you know, we've got a, a, a long-standing and, and uh, trusting and respectful relationship. So I think we both want to be successful together next year. Um, and there's no reason why we can't be. Um, whilst that's going on, inevitably there's some effort uh, and resource that's got to be applied to uh, transitioning from Mercedes to Honda in the year after. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, workforce. 
No, for the workforce, uh, it's exciting. I think this workforce is, is excited by uh, uh, the challenge of the new regulations next year and the challenge of the new partner in the year after that. What's your ambition, Martin? What's my ambition? Well, I think uh, McLaren has uh, come some way in the last 25-ish years that I've been around in it. Uh, you know, we've got a... a, a we want to win. So, you know, winning in Formula 1... Uh, you know, I've I've had some uh, great seasons where we've been winning, and uh, a few where we haven't been winning. And I can tell you, the ones where you're winning are much more enjoyable. So, my challenge is to continue to enjoy going motor racing, which means uh, we have to be winning, uh, and continue to grow the McLaren brand, the McLaren company, because uh, you know we've got two and a half thousand people here in Woking that I think have got great and exciting careers. We've got to make sure that we. Uh, and I think we have largely because from a business and a commercial standpoint, although it's been uh, a tough period, I think uh, we're in really good shape. So if we can now just uh, layer on top of that uh, winning the races, then we'll, uh, we'll have, I think, uh, a great, uh, great near-term future. And I'm very confident in, in the longer term that uh, McLaren is going to be... Uh, you know, a dominant force in five years' time, ten years' time and beyond in, in motorsport. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. James Allen on F1 with UBS.